0: Welcome to the UC Berkeley Data Science Education podcast. We're happy you're listening in today. In this space, you'll hear from a variety of distinguished data science educators and professionals. The individuals we'll speak with are diverse in experience and perspective, but share the common goal of shaping the future of data science education. Our idea is to have some informal conversations with the goal of creating community and let people hear from practitioners in this growing new field.
1: And my name is Lauren Chu, also from Data Science Undergraduate Studies. I'm working as an intern with the division's external pedagogy team, and I'll be helping to guide the conversation today, too.
0: Hey, everybody. Today we have David Uminski. Um, Can you give us a brief introduction to yourself and what you're currently working on?
2: Thanks, Eric. Um, So I am a mathematician, um, for most of my career, I uh, have studied math really from jump. I had a very early moment my freshman year of college to consider physics, and then I learned better, that I couldn't run any experiments myself. So uh, I've been a mathematician for most of my life, but my mathematical interests have drifted over time from very pure mathematics to more applied mathematics. When I was a postdoc at UCLA, I was largely now immersed in the area of applied mathematics, And then that was the early, I mean, I'm not going to, I would just date myself, 2009. I started my postdoc as an NSF postdoc there. I just started seeing data come into math lectures and I was just blown away. There was something about the way the problems were authentic and real that kind of continued my intellectual wanderlust in the direction of mathematical training, but now to be focused on data. And I really haven't left that intellectually since my research has stayed in that space between mathematics and data and data science. Um, my current job, though, is my academic appointment is now in computer science. We'll talk about how that happened. Um, but my my day job is I'm the executive director of the Data Science Institute at the University of Chicago.
0: Nice. I uh, can you just tell us about what you're building at Chicago? We have actually had a lot of guests from Chicago, you Chicago, on this podcast. Uh, Stephen Levitt, Julia Kuczynski, Zarek Drozda, you know, uh, what's going on at Chicago that it's like a hub of innovation in the data science education space?
2: I'm biased, but I love what we're building here. Uh, I, and you, by the way, great guest. <laughs> I am fourth place on that list. Those are people that I have great fondness for. They have great visions and are working as hard as many of us on, the, on building what the space of Data and AI really looks like in the future. But you, Chicago's take is one that I think I'd been he- waiting to hear for a long time. I willfully left a rather comfortable position in San Francisco, academic position in San Francisco, picked up my family and moved to Chicago during the pandemic. And if I'm being really candid, it was kind of on the pitch and vision of what was going to be built there. And I mean, that feels naive, but man, do I'm, I'm glad I made the call. And it's really been true. So let me just tell you what we're building, which was the pitch when I was pretty was. It's, I think, time for a set of institutions, and I would put Berkeley in there as well, to be thinking about data science, you know, and its friend AI as a, its own discipline, as a place where, you know, there are a set of fundamental and hard questions that aren't directly being answered by computer scientists, statisticians, even mathematicians, believe it or not, or domain scientists, social scientists, biologists, medical faculty, there's just a set of questions that are emanate out from that uh, center, and someone needs to develop that center, and pour resources and thought into that because it makes everything that people are doing in data science, have a stronger foundation, be better. Our focus is very balanced across foundations and applications. We feel that they're hand in hand. But the North Star of what we're building is is a new discipline. And that is, if you talk to our colleagues, even at ADSA and other folks, you know, there are, I feel like there's a lot of momentum and just kind of finally saying this is a discipline, but it's still not a uniform decision. And I'll give one personal reason why it was very attractive to me and why, and I'll say, hey, it's working. I was pitched this and that's what we're actually doing. We were, I was developing a lot of data scientists in the Bay Area. We were teaching them a lot of of math, a lot of stats, a lot of CS, a lot of, and then eventually ethics and things like that, that became more codified into a new discipline. But we put them out in the world and they would do great things. And then periodically they would do terrible things. And they would do terrible things, not because they wanted to do terrible things. And they would be different every time something terrible happened. Pick your favorite Po public article still and in the past. And it kept bothering me that we were trying very hard to teach and train data scientists. And this was still happening. Now, this will keep happening still. But what I heard from the University of Chicago, which resonated, was why that's happening is, at least in major part, that we're not treating it like its own discipline that there are foundational knowledge we don't understand about the way ai works the way data systems work the way we use and leverage data the societal impacts of data the way we really think about data driven decision making in the age of complex large data and algorithms it's not it's not people trying their best in silos we're going to have to come together as an entire university and as an entire ac- academic you know community to attack that problem. And that's UChicago's take on it. So that's what we're building. I have specifics, but at the highest level, that's like what we're trying to do.
0: So, um, and then uh, recently when we saw you at ADSA, um, you there were some demos of some new projects working outside of UChicago. Uh, one of the ones is getting the preceptors to work with community colleges, also the summer boot camp that brought in a bunch of other institutions. Can you tell us a little bit about that work?
2: hundred percent. So to get, that was a good pitch when I came. And then you have to think about, we're at different institutions, Berkeley and Chicago, similar in some ways, different in others, public, private. Um, We had to create an organization to execute on this mission. And very early on, what we decided at the University of Chicago would work really well, you could think about divisions, you could think about schools, you could think about departments. We landed on an institute, which is what I'm running right now as the right kind of quasi way to carry out this larger mission. And that larger mission is really focused around education, research, and sort of our community impact or society work. Um, And my two faculty that were the main uh, part of the pitch, Mike Franklin, who was then chair of CS, and Dan Nicolai, who was then chair of stats, both of them now gratefully been fully focused on being the um, co-faculty director of the Institute and the committee on data science. The pitch there was, we understand data science is going to not just take a bunch of disciplines together to form a new discipline, but it's actually going to take things that are not even at the university. The field of data science didn't start in the academy. That's largely, I largely agree with that. Certain industries started out in government, started out in the world and the problems, some of the best problems still are out there. So our third pillar is really our community engaged data science. And that means very holistically from working with partners in the South side with working with other academic partners, which is the question you asked and working with industry and working with national and international groups that is informing our research that is infor- and it's being integrated directly into our teaching. That's our approach on that. And in particular, I, I will just say one of my favorite programs inside of our sort of community engaged data science is our preceptorship program. This was sort of born very early in conversation between myself and some leadership here and leadership at the community colleges of Chicago, the city colleges of Chicago. I say community colleges; I come from California. They're all called community colleges, even if they live in the city. It's not true, but um, and you know the questions really were started by you know you, Chicago in general, the Midwest in general is having this sort of really nice revitalization around technology, research, science. Our quantum work here is really some of the best in the world right now. Uh, The investments being made around data science and adjacent fields are enormous, artificial intelligence. But what I was concerned about moving to Chicago is I'm not from Chicago. I'd never spent one hour outside of the airport in Chicago before just moving here straight. You can judge me for that, by the way. Okay. And it was the pandemic. So it's not like I got an on site. So I felt in order to make an offer my work in the Bay Area always centered on community as well. So I thought when we were having these conversations with the community colleges, I was thinking, wait a minute, there's a real thing here that they want. And what they wanted was to make sure that there was 100,000 plus students being served by these incredible seven campuses, plus plus, that were at risk of being left out of the data and AI revolution, right? The workforce training, the educational pathways. And they wanted to form a partnership around that with UChicago. And I said, okay, listen, our our principles, we're developing them now, but here's our starting principles. They've got to begin with mutual benefit and non-extractive practice. And those I'm going to hold us both to the entire time. I need to make sure UChicago is getting a ton out of this partnership and same for you. And none of us feel like we're working for each other. And so this became very clearly the development of what data science would look like at UChicago. So that required faculty from both institutions to get together and talk about that. Some of my favorite conversations, those conversations continue quarterly. What is what is curriculum? What is coursework? What does this look like? Really, thanks for the early work at Berkeley in data eight, there is a framework to think about the beginnings, the middle and the end of what data science can look like, particularly the undergrad. But as we were talking, it became clear that there was good work to do, but it was unclear they had the capacity to do this. We stated, frankly, in one meeting, we don't really have the faculty currently, and it's difficult to recruit the faculty to teach this type of state of the art stuff. And it was actually gonna be the the roadblock to stop the conversation. So I said, wait, I don't wanna end this. Let's think together about what we could do. And I really, it came to me as a mathematician that went to school in Boston, that there was this thing called the Harvard preceptor ship that was this call that said, hey, do you like to teach mathematics more than you like to do research in mathematics? That happens to a good chunk of doctoral students. Um, Come here for three years immerse yourself in the service and teaching of math at Harvard, and you'll be you know, ready to teach and have a teaching career anywhere. And I always felt that pitch was a little bit off because I'm pretty sure if you taught only Harvard students, you may not be ready to teach all math students at all universities. And so I tried to re-envision that concept jointly, and we co-developed this concept of this preceptorship now, which has come to the University of Chicago and the City Colleges of Chicago, Learn you fresh doctoral degree in, in a STEM degree. We were trying to be not too prescriptive. We have a biologist as a preceptor. We have a good fair mathematicians, computer scientists. We have one of the first ever data science PhDs from Washington University as one of our preceptors. She's amazing, and come. Think about the School of Thought of Data Science, learn to teach inclusive practice in STEM, both at the University of Chicago and the community colleges. And that's what's going on. So they teach both there and they teach at the University of Chicago. We are getting so much out of it. They have such an incredible way to train faculty teachers at the community colleges. And those preceptors are they're growing their teaching craft. Like in a way, I've not, I wish I really knew the details of how good this was going because when they come back and they have really grown as professorates right as teaching uh faculty it's incredible the outcomes the number of students they've engaged um the growth the new courses we're developing there what they're bringing back to university of chicago they teach our intro our version of data eight and they've now teaching other courses and this is really our long-term play to build this workforce that doesn't exist anywhere like it's hard i'm not going to ask berkeley how hard it is to get world-class full-time teaching faculty in data science but it's not that easy at UChicago either, right? And so we're just putting this down to say, we think this is the future workforce we want.
0: Awesome. Thank you for that. Super exciting. Um, so just to turn it back to you, like this sort of link linkage in the conversation, you're somebody who sort of left the tenure track and the teaching track to go into building organizations. Obviously, yeah. there's a lot to build around data science education. But can you comment on that, that uh, tension between teaching and building?
2: Yeah, well, I'll be honest, do still miss teaching in the classroom. And some students here will be like, great, can you teach? Um, so I had to think about that for a while. Yes, I when I, I was fortunate, I was leaving my postdoc at the uh, at an NSF UC President's Fellowship at UCLA under Andrea Bertozzi. I... Apply it was a four-year postdoc. I've been thinking research-wise, this direction of data science and AI, and I kept thinking, I need to think about a place that can develop that research in my next job and also the sort of siren call of bringing people into math and data science that traditionally would not have picked, right? That is a big career goal of mine is broadening participation in math. Now I'm more focused on data science, but they are highly linked. And so I was fortunate I got a lot of R1 and non-R1 offers. And I took the first one that was able to say yes to the idea of, I mean, I think it was my own trap to say, I want to develop data science in in my math position there. And the University of San Francisco basically said, I don't know really what that is, but that sounds good. And um, so I started actually a minority-serving institution and was, you know, tenured there and my research was going well. But I started spending time building an institute there that brought community, industry and students together around this field of data science. That's when I first met everyone at actually in late 2017, 18. Um, and I had realized at that point that the impact I was having building programs in academic institutions was maybe higher than my impact in the classroom and research alone. And that it was a zero-sum trade-off. I was doing all three of those things, and I was not sleeping a lot and working a little too hard. So when this opportunity came up that said, hey, do you want to kind of leave a traditional professoriate role? Uh, Certainly, you can keep some level of of research, because I think that's how I stay current as leading an an academic institution. But, you know, frankly, do you want to hop on to executive administrative leadership in track off of the Tanner track. And I had to think about that because that is like a, you know, that's a moment. And I spend a lot of time talking to mentors like I always have. That's when one of my secrets to any decision I make is I actually talk to people I respect about it. And I was surprised to hear, you know, one was like, hey, I'm really nervous for you. And everyone else was like, oh, my God, just do it. You clearly talk about the way you want to do this in a way that you're really passionate about. And they were like, and also, if it doesn't work out, you can just go back to the professor. It, you know, it's your... And I was like, yeah, you're right. Okay, so it actually ended up not being a hard decision. Now living it, though, um, it's actually been fantastic. I do, like I said, I do. I do I'm going to one day convince my faculty bosses to let me teach a course again, and I bet they'll let me. But we're in we're in building mode, so right now there's like no room for that.
0: So. But but you and I have had conversations about your interest and take on the idea for like a innovation in the space of math for data science, Oh yeah, sort of combine yeah, yeah. pencil and paper linear algebra with computational numpy yes. linear algebra. Can you just give us a quick take on that?
2: Yeah. So this is uh, a professor, uh, a colleague of mine back at USF and I were both in the math department and you Know, like what we're building here, there's like people that want to teach stats, people that want to teach CS, and then there's a few of you that want to teach math in this program. And how they're represented is like even at Berkeley, it's like a dogfight. It's a not zero sum, but you really have to be careful what makes it in, what doesn't make it in, and what what version of, of a course makes it in. And I mean, thank God for deep learning linear algebra is back in right in <laughs> AI, but there was a period where people were like, Do we they really have to know this? And part of the reason why people were saying that is a traditional linear algebra class wasn't really appropriate. Like, and in my heart of hearts as a mathematician that kills me, that coordinate free linear algebra somehow isn't relevant, right? And that you don't actually even have to ever do a row reduction in a linear algebra course if you want to prove it that way. Um, So I spent actually a long time developing a course that I ended up teaching first to graduate students and then undergraduates that really, satisfied this new version of linear algebra and math in general for this field of data science, which is there's a period where I'm going to stand at the board and we're going we're gonna to work on chalk and then I'm going to go over and we're going to then write code together. And your homework, every homework that I gave had pen and paper and code. And I, that um, was a very hard course for people, but it was also some of the best review courses that I've ever taught because people were like, now I know why I need to know math for this. Now I need to understand the foundations of a field to do the applications correctly over and over. Like we, at one point I would have a student that had never proved a theorem in their life being in this class, like many of them, in fact, and somewhere two thirds of the way in, they're proving things about, you know, the second eigenvalue of, you know, a particular adjacency matrix. Right. And I'm like, and they're not, even, they're not even worried why they had to prove it. They know why they need to understand it. But because it, they were running code alongside that was computing page rank, et cetera. And yeah, so I have a great, I, and I want to write that down. I actually want to develop more math courses around that. But we're doing that here at Chicago, right? So we've actually had to revise a sequence after they take some core math classes that gets them optimization, linear algebra, and pieces that are accelerated and taught in this sort of project-based, mixed paper and pencil, mixed code version of the same course. And we have two new ones here now in the major.
0: Awesome.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Um, so a lot of our listeners are data science educators themselves, and something that's always been a focus of building education is gaining institutional buy-in. Um, so we were wondering, when you first started out, how did you get other professors in school administration um, interested in and allow you to teach data science at your schools?
2: Yeah. So if you don't know anything about my er- at UChicago, uh, U- not a big risk-taking, try-weird-new-things place. Uh, they'll say that. I mean, I'll probably get in a little trouble for saying that. Um, but it's a storied institution like many of us in Berkeley, and you have to work really hard to do that. Now, I told you my first version. I was like, I negotiated it in my job offer. The first job, I was like, I have to do, you have to like leave, leave an outlet. And it's true. They then said, OK, what do you want to do? I was like, well, we need to convene faculty and we need to develop a major. And we did that. And like in 2014, we had a major in data science, 13 even, at, at my prior institution. Okay, so there's a there's work you have to do. But at the University of Chicago, it, I actually, you just get lucky because I, there's a culture here that is naturally trying to work across boundaries. So it is not actually this fiefdom of silos. Do they exist? Yeah, you can name some people that have really nice kingdoms that have high walls. But generally speaking, and this was the pitch to me, Mike and Dan were like, I'm telling you right now, send an email to five Nobel laureates on staff. I I bet you, just introduce yourself and ask them a question. I bet you you'll hear from four out of five of them within a few days. And it was true. I I like actually took the bet on it. I sent, and that's actually, I mean, when I said that it's also, I included Steve Levitt is not a Nobel laureate, but I wrote him. I was like, hey, I'm, you know, and he wrote back. And that is why we work together, right? And so there was something easy here that doesn't always exist other place, which is actually the willingness to think about hard new ideas, and not caring what discipline you come from. And that has persisted in our research programs that are massively interdisciplinary and university-wide, AI and science, data and democracy, internet equity. we are. That is like the culture here. But then you go in and try to pitch teaching courses, okay? That is like rubber meets the road, because research is one thing, but now we're going to start up a new thing and teach it, and it's going to all be okay. And that took the usual rigor i had we went in front of the senate in the first few months that i was here and we pitched them a new major and it's three sessions and a lot of questions from the faculty senate what is this how are you doing it what does this mean and then it was blessed and after it's blessed then everyone said yeah we voted for that so we're doing it and that was that is actually a, i just thought it was gonna be a lot harder and maybe i'm making it sound a lot easier than it was but there was already institutional buy-in from a provost committee way before I came in, trying to think about the strategy of data science at U Chicago, and it had arrived at the creation of teaching it's as a new discipline. So when we pitched brand new courses that need to be taught by brand new faculty and existing faculty that want to teach this way, it just aligned with the strategy. So we weren't fighting uphill against. I don't know about that. The other thing that I think we had to be very careful about, and we still are today, whether it's AI or parts of data science that exist, data science and AI are everywhere on campus. And we don't presume to suck it all in as a vacuum into one place at what we're doing. We're actually acknowledging all of the work and just saying, hey, we're a bridge. We'd like to be this sort of central nexus of intellectual community that you want to partner with, but you don't have to. And if something launches the data science somewhere at the University of Chicago, I'm like cheering it on because it's working, right? And that's, that's, that's there's a little bit of sort of a, a take on how you have to engage, I think. Awesome.
1: Awesome, thank you. Um, so you're, you're clearly very versed in the field of teaching and data science education in general. Having been um, working towards building data science education, we're particularly interested in what you see as the future of data science education, um, both for yourself and in general.
2: I think the future is, it, I don't want to borrow this from like a TV show, but it's been a little middle out. So if you think about most data science and educa- in the in the academy, and it kind of started at the master's level and a little bit more professionally oriented, but there's like four or 500 master's programs in this. And we're developing a new one that's more research oriented, but it's, you know, and please apply. Um where we've seen the next wave is undergraduate education. And we just kind of came, on ours came online on the later side a year or two ago. So on its way to being the fifth largest major, we're happy about that. But it is like great to be a part of that community and talking. So next up is actually down K through 12 and doctoral. So that's what I mean by kind of middle out. So I think the future right now is actually thinking about the right way, you already had great guests that are thinking about the K through 12 space. I could talk your ear off on what I think is gonna work. We have an amazing high school program right now that I'm really proud of being led by Evelyn Campbell. Dr. Evelyn Campbell is one of our preceptors. That's amazing. Um, Right now though, I think to kind of culminate and develop the long-term future of this field, I'm really excited about developed intentional doctoral programs in data science. We just opened our apps this fall, this past fall, um, and are gonna welcome in the first class, fall 2024, of the doctoral students in data science at the University of Chicago. This has many critical long-term pieces for this whole field. One, it's technology field. Two, it's to develop the future faculty and educators and teaching faculty in this field. That gives it legs right? I want to keep hiring from all fields into this field as as long as we can, but there needs to be a place that is starting to generate the future faculty. 50 years ago, someone took the bet to say I think there's a computer science degree in here, right? And during that time, mathematicians and electrical engineers are like, what are you talking about? It's just math. That's just electrical engineering. And it didn't take that long for people to be like, yeah, that's, that's own field. So, AI, data science, this is where I think a heavy amount of, I'd like to see a lot of some of the university level uh, groups to take that next step. There's a bunch that are, we're not first in a, and I don't mean a rebrand of of a PhD program. I mean, one that was like, there's a set of foundational research areas that combined are greater than the sum of a rebrand. There are a bunch going on right now, more coming on each year. I love this. I love that as part of what we're thinking about. I think our faculty love that, but yeah, that's what I meant by middle out. There's incredible innovation happening on both sides now, younger and um, you know, more on the research side.
1: Yeah, thank you. I can't wait to see that play out in the coming years. Um, so as we reach the end of our interview, something that we like to ask each of our guests is, do you have any parting thoughts or words of wisdom for data science educators around the world?
2: It's hard. As long as I get to change it a couple times, I can give a few. I'm kidding. Um, it's a little thematic here, but uh, I want to just let anyone, uh, whoever's teaching, where, right? If it's high school, middle school, faculty in their doctoral degrees, and, and and everything in between, to acknowledge that there's a there's a really large community that already exists that have been working for a long time, and it is emerging great practice in this space and that you're not alone and that there's a lot of resources and come and be a part of this conversation while it's at its beginning. Bo- very diverse voices from all types of teaching areas and institution is gonna make our teaching craft in data science that much better. You mentioned a program that we had before that links a lot of universities together from all different walks of life. That has been another great project I've been working on includes faculty from Morehouse, Fresno State, UT San Antonio, community colleges. We did that so that we are better at teaching data science and we hope then, therefore they are as well, but they are bringing incredible ideas and opportunities that is informing how we think about our data science education. Another piece that's unique to data science that I personally love the most is project-based and experiential learning. This is has to manifest itself very differently at different institutions. That was one of the critical pieces of that convening of faculty from, from all those institutions. It is integrated is central to the teaching at U Chicago. Every undergraduate that graduates from data science has to go through a data science clinic, which means they have to solve an SDG, you know, <laughs> or like a you know, social impact problem or, or, an, or an industry problem or faculty research problem, but it has to be a hard problem and it has to be real. And I think that's true in many STEM fields, but it is uniquely true and possible in data science. And it is one of the great ways we've seen attracting people that opted out of STEM education early. So early days, but offering authentic and real opportunities that have direct impact around student interests has been having people in droves signing up as double majors, single majoring, but the double major is not math or stats, it's public policy. It's linguistics, it's biology, it's political science, right? It is many different walks of life, understanding that data-driven inquiry is fundamentally the revolution has begun in all fields. And so we have to be able to make that concrete though. And I think experiential learning is just one of those great, great opportunities uh, in this field.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much to build. Oh, I know. Ask me in in 30 days
2: what we built. Um, I would love to, yeah, I'm happy to continue this conversation. Uh, please reach out if if any of your listeners that are interested in what we're doing. Um, we are always looking for partners and opportunities to engage with folks at this point. So
0: great. Thanks so much for this conversation. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you're interested in learning more about data science education resources, please subscribe to our Substack to get notified when we release any future podcasts, and join our community Slack channel through the link provided in this episode's description. Thank you.